Welcome to another episode of Faith and Friction, where Ooh. we are confronting all of the challenging conversations that cause friction in the church. That's right. And this is a real hot topic, guys. Hot take, hot take. We are talking about the rapture. Pre, post, what is it? What does the Bible say? Uh, also some stuff on end times, which is one of my favorite topics. I love and it. Um, all things, really. All of the things. All of the things. Yeah, people talk about this so much. Um, it's been talked about since the ascension of Jesus, mm -hmm. and people have tried to interpret this, and what does this mean? Like Annalise said, is it pre-tribulation, post-tribulation rapture? Some people say, is there multiple raptures? All of those things. How should the church respond? What should we be paying attention to, doing, living our lives? And yeah. so we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff today. We're excited yeah. to get into it. You know, I think it's important, too, as we start this conversation, this isn't a point to cause division in the church. Uh, this is a conversation that I think is vitally important in the sense of knowing the times that we're living in. But if you believe we're going to be raptured before the tribulation, somebody else says after the tribulation, at the end of the day, Jesus is Lord. We're all going to spend an eternity with him. But I think it is important in a way that if you're not aware of the times, and some people say, well, I don't want to just talk about it. Whenever he comes, he comes. Well, the Bible says to be sober-minded and be ready. So yeah, we have yeah. to be talking about the last days and the times we're living in and not just have our head in the sand because the enemy is active and mm -hmm. the church has to be on top of things and know exactly what we're doing and where we are. Yeah, even you mentioned Jesus is Lord, and I know we've talked about that before, and we just yeah. want to reiterate that again and again, that Jesus is Lord. Like, mm -hmm. we believe that. We believe that the Word of God is final authority. Yeah. I mean, even though we're going to be talking about a lot of these things, when it comes to salvation, like this, and the theology of this, and the understanding of this, essentially, it's still secondary. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not going to lose your salvation thinking this way or not understanding this part or that part. And so we don't want you to, to, to take what we're saying as something that's like, man, I didn't think that or agree with that. So I'm somehow my salvation's affected by it or anything. Yeah. I would. And I would add to that as well, because all of these subjects that we're going to be doing all the episodes, it's vitally important. I keep saying vitally, but it is very important <laughs> that we don't allow these conversations to divide the church because right. the Amen. enemy that's wants right. to use division that's to good. weaken the body of Christ over kind of subjects like we're talking about that aren't detrimental to your salvation, but it's good for us to discuss. So whatever we're talking about, just remember, we're all on the same team. We're the body of Christ. And these are things that maybe we're going to learn and enlighten ourselves on some of these areas. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Let's yeah. do it. Let's get yeah. into it. Matthew twenty four thirty six is an important scripture because I think there's one argument that a lot of people have that when we even mention the last days, the rapture, end times, that, well, we can't know. The Bible says no man will know the day yeah. or the hour. And Matthew 24, 36 says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. So Jesus said that, and people say, so we shouldn't discuss it because we won't know. Mm -hmm. And so why even go there? And I just want to draw attention to two words in that verse there. That he said, but the day and hour no one knows. And I actually looked that up in the Greek and day, interesting, actually means day and hour <laughs> means hour. Yeah. And I think it's important that we don't assume Jesus was talking about, you know, just a general area. If mm -hmm. he said day and hour, then we take him at his word and no one knows, not even Jesus, the day or hour. But there's another scripture that 
you almost would think would contradict that if you weren't aware of what Jesus was saying. And it's in First, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, I want to read verses 1 through 6 because it's going to really clarify this. Verse 1 says, But concerning the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. So he's saying, brethren, that's the body of Christ. So now mm-hmm. he's talking to believers. Verse 2, he says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. And there they go saying, see, mm-hmm. thief in the night, we won't know. Verse 3, he goes on to say, For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. Now, he didn't say us. Yeah. He says them. As labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now, here's the most important part. Verse 4, but you, brethren. So yeah. I just said all that about them. Now, mm-hmm. this applies yes. to you, which that didn't. But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Mm-hmm. You're all sons of light and sons of the day, and we are not of night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Come on. So yeah, he says, we're that. not in darkness. We're not going to be surprised and shocked at that day. That's right. We're to know the times and the seasons, that mm-hmm. first verse says. Oh, yeah. So we need to discuss the season of his return. And I even think we can know pretty, we can narrow it down pretty much to a, not a, not a broad season, not like in the next hundred years, but I think God wants us to know within a couple years so yeah. that the body of Christ knows time is short Here's what we have to do before Jesus yeah. returns. Yeah, and there's also hundreds of end-time scriptures. So it's yeah. like if God didn't want us to know, why would he give us there so many end-time scriptures? Uh, definitely. So one of the main, I would say the majority of the Western church preaches a pre-tribulation rapture. Uh, I think it's important to note that during the time Jesus walked this earth, the whole religious institution missed Jesus. Mm. Like they missed their appointment with God because they had interpreted the scriptures with their own mental reasoning, their own mental understanding. And because of that, he was standing right in front of them and they missed him. And so that I feel is the case in something like a pre-tribulation rapture. Um, The scripture that I love about this is first Corinthians two, seven that says we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery for none of the rulers knew for had they known they would not have crucified the Messiah. So these are the wisdom of God is a mystery and it can only be understood by the spirit of God. And so when we look into these things, we have to really put aside our own mental reasoning and understanding of things or what we've been taught and then really ask the Holy spirit, Holy Spirit, what are these mysteries? Because a lot of these scriptures don't make sense Mm. uh, unless you piece them together. And only through the Spirit of God can you receive that wisdom. I'm sure a lot of us have seen the Left Behind movies. Yes. The 90s were great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So Luke really tells us, or I, I think they base a lot of that on that Luke scripture, Luke 17, 34, that says, I tell you in one night there will be two men in one bed and one will be taken and the other left. And so we're told that we want to be taken, right? That's what the whole thing is. You don't want to be left behind. You know, you want to be taken. That's the pre-tribulation rapture. Before the tribulation, you want to be taken. But I love that the disciples asked Jesus, where are they going? Where are these people going that are being taken? And just a few scriptures down in verse 37, it says, and they answered and said to him, these are the disciples, where, Lord? So he said to them, where there is a dead body, or sometimes translated carcass, 
there the vultures will gather. Yep. And it's like, what? Yeah. These people taken are going to a place of the carcass where there's vultures and birds. And then you ask, well, where is this place? Like, where in the scriptures does it talk about this? So Ezekiel 39, 17 talks yeah. about the place of the carcass where the vultures are gathered. And I would love to read that scripture. And as for you, son of man, thus says the Lord, speak to every sort of bird and to every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come gather together from all sides to my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you, a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood. So that's in Ezekiel. And then we go to Revelation 19:17, and it says, I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. So Jesus has told them exactly where they're going. This is the battle of Armageddon. They are being taken to the Valley of Jehoshaphat, where this is going to take place. I love that example, and I love that the disciples were just like us and asking, you know, like, God, like, Jesus, this doesn't make sense. Where are these people going? And the fact that in the scriptures, it tells us where this place is, is yeah. so cool. You know, I heard someone the other day uh, talking about this exact point you're making. Mm -hmm. And uh, in Matthew's account of the same thing we just discussed in verse 39, well, he's talking about as it was in the days of Noah. Okay. And this is right before he says two men will be in the field, one will be taken. And in verse 39, he's talking about the ark, and he says, and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. Yeah. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So it's talking of judgment, like yeah. you're saying. So the taking away in the previous verse, he's talking about the flood taking away those who are evil. Then in mm -hmm. verse 40, then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, yeah. the other left. So the taken is a negative connotation right. in that scripture. And so it just points to what you're saying. It's oh, yeah. very clearly in context. I think when you pull it out by itself and go, oh, that sounds like, but it's easy when you read the whole thing. So great point. You know, there's two scriptures to me that make it clear. It's funny because everybody says, you know, who really study this, like, I can prove. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of people have this kind of guaranteed the rapture is before, in the middle, or after. And uh, I personally believe it is after the tribulation, and these verses really sold me on it. Because for many years, I went back and forth. I mean, mm -hmm. I remember thinking, man, I mean, in my mind, I was like, I want it to be before. Mm -hmm. And I also right. didn't understand, you know, what would happen to the believers and the fact that the most victorious time, Bible says, where sin abounds, grace superabounds. So yeah. the church is going to be its brightest when the world's at its darkest. Mm -hmm. And so it's not something to hide from. But in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, um, Paul's talking about the coming of the Lord. And this is so clear. If you can stay with me for a couple seconds here. The word coming. So let's just read in verse 15, second, uh, 1 Thessalonians 4, 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now, this is kind of like the primary rapture, pre-tribulation rapture yeah. scripture that, that people say it's so clear right here. That word coming, the coming of the Lord, is the Greek word perusia. And I want, I want to 
kind of say that word, because as we go into this other scripture, wherever you see that word perusia, it's talking about the coming of the Lord, the second return of Christ. And that has to be clear because he's going to now talk about what happens around that time. So he says, once again, uh, we who are alive and remain until the coming perusia of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Here we go. The voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now, there is another conversation of because I believe in the rapture. It's just when it happens. Mm -hmm. But there are some that say there's only one return of Christ. Some say, well, there's one return where he physically touches down, but there's a rapture and then he returns. And that might be a whole nother episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. But, but just talking about, <laughs> yeah, I mean, but just caught up. It says we'll be caught up at the coming of the Lord and there's a trumpet. Now, what is this talking about? It's the perusia. Now, if we continue to read, that's First Thessalonians. So yeah. Paul writes his second epistle to the church in Thessalonica, and he says in 2 Thessalonians 2, now he's picking up on it again because they're asking him a lot of questions. In verse 1, he says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus, Perugia. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's pointing right back to his first epistle that he wrote to him, yep. okay. and he's saying, let me explain this further, guys. Uh, concerning the coming, Perugia, of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him. And that word gathering together is the Greek word episunago. So I, I say the Greek word because we're going to see other scriptures that point back to the perusia, coming of the Lord, and our gathering together, which many would call the rapture, or we meet the Lord in the air. So he says, we're talking about these two things. Verse 2, not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or word or by letter, as it is from us, as though the day of Christ had already come. So just to let you know, it hadn't happened yet. Verse 3, let no one deceive you by any means. That day, what day? The perusia, the yeah. coming of the Lord, will not come unless the falling away, that word falling away is uh, apostasy, which means rebellion. So that day will not come until unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God that is worshiped and that he sits in the temple of God showing himself that he's God. So he clearly says concerning the coming of the Lord, just so you're clear, it won't happen until first the Antichrist sits in the temple of God and claims to be God. Yeah. That answers two things. Many people say there will no, be no third temple. You know, well, why are we talking about red heifers in the third temple? Mm -hmm. Because the third temple is Ezekiel's temple in heaven one day. Well, Paul clearly says that before Jesus returns, there's going to be a temple and the Antichrist is going to sit in that temple and claim to be God. So he really just kind of gives us, right there, it's pretty clear, before that happens, in that time of tribulation, it has to be after that when Jesus returns. Yeah, that's good. And going off of that also, because a lot of pre-tribulation um, people that believe in that uh, use the verse, 1 Thessalonians 5, 9, that, talks, that says, we are not appointed unto wrath. And so... We, a lot of people believe that the wrath of God is the tribulation, but there's actual scripture that says that the, the tribulation is the wrath of the dragon. Revelation 12, 12, 12, 12 says, For the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Go a couple of verses down, 17. It says, And the dragon was enraged with the woman 
and went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. So this tribulation, what we're talking about, uh, is the wrath of the dragon, which clearly states that we will be here. He who, the, the ones that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, which is us. Yep. Yeah, and I love even, I like reading in, in Matthew 24, obviously Jesus talking and he's going through a lot of these things. And y'all have read a few verses, you know, it talks about one, uh, the, the one, two men, one in the oh, field, yeah. one being taken. It reiterates that in Matthew 24 also. But I love that how when Jesus is talking about the tribulation and even in Matthew 24, 21, where he says, for then there will be a great tribulation such as has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And he says that and it's like, oh, wow, that sounds pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> Intense, like this is that great tribulation. But and he starts, you know, describing how the church is going to fall away. People are going to be against each other, all these things. And then in verse 29, it says immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be dark. And he goes in on verse 30 about the angels and the trumpets. And I remember reading that and I'm like, this is red ink. Jesus is saying it. He literally says this is going to be the worst tribulation that's ever been in the history of ever. That'll ever be in the history of ever. And then he says immediately after that, yeah. then angels will come trumpets with trumpet sounds. And so I also believe that the rapture is after the tribulation. And I feel like Jesus supports that yeah. and says it after describing it and saying, it's, great, when all that happens after that, yeah. then trumpets it's are going to sound. That's a scripture I had too in my notes yeah. next because in verse 31, it says, it says, you know, after the tribulation, Son of Man will come, verse 31, and he will send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet and they will gather together. That's that same Greek word, yeah. episunago again. Mm. So he's, now Jesus is saying the same thing that Paul said in multiple places and all of it is cohesive and fits perfectly together. I think if you're trying to show that there is a, pre-tribulation rapture, you have to justify a lot of these scriptures. And it's if you're having to um, justify your stance based on clear wording in scripture, I'm not saying you're always wrong because maybe you're reading it wrong, but usually if, you know, the Bible's clear on it, you should probably like, lean that direction right. on it. And, you know, once again, that gathered together is the rapture. And all of these rapture, end times, return of Christ scriptures, they all have trumpet in them. They're yeah. talking about the trumpet. I mean, even 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 51 and 52, he said, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead in Christ will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. And it's interesting because you see trumpet, trumpet, you see uh, return of Christ, all the same words. Yeah. But maybe for another episode, a lot of Theologians believe that the last trumpet Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 goes with Revelation 11 with the uh, final trumpet that the angels blow. And so a lot of that fits in once again after the tribulation, after. the return of Christ. Yeah, yeah. which Amazing. even goes back to your one of the first scriptures you opened up in Matthew 24, 36, when it's the scripture that most people quote in in regards to tribulation, when are we leaving, before or after, or when people maybe don't know or haven't necessarily studied or don't feel like they have revelation of it, it's the easy scripture to just say, hey, nobody knows. Don't worry about it. We don't yeah. need to, you know. And again, not that it impacts salvation or anything, but to know that even in the very same chapter, Jesus is like, 
in 36 when he says, but on that day, which is the day that he just talked about, which is the moment that he just talked about would be after the worst time ever in history. I feel like it's all written out right there and you don't even have to look that far to really see that and and gather. And if you're, if you're going to be wrong, like I would rather, so let's say I believe the rapture is after the tribulation. If I'm wrong, I'm pleasantly surprised. (laughs) Jesus comes back and I'm like, okay, I read those scriptures wrong. Hey, we're here. But if you're believing and you're planning and living like the rapture will happen before the tribulation and you're wrong, then you're unprepared. And the Bible says you're not sober-minded, you're not alert, you're not knowing what to expect as children of the light. And so even with that, it's better to lean and to be ready and have your spirit strong and to know what potentially is coming so that you can be an overcomer in that season instead of the opposite where you're not ready. Yeah. Oh, no, I love that. And I'm very quiet in this episode for a reason. Like I was saved a few years ago. So mm-hmm. my opinion, I, it's not worth anything. I mean, I, I have an opinion that it is post um, because I believe our God prepares us and protects us. But I love that. And also this conversation can scare people. Oh, yeah. like, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm grateful because I've, I've walked through like literally in the last five years, I've walked through a lot of chaos, like physically chaos. Um, and the way the Lord has prepared and equipped me for it so that when it happened, I was so rooted in him. And I literally feel like, Oh, he's training me. Like every time something happens, like this is just training. And that's where like my, I, I choose not to look at what Satan is doing or fear, but like I'm set my mind on Christ because when things happen, right, our father prepares and protects us. Yeah. And I just, I get excited of like, man, the glory of God is going to reign. Um, and I think there's just some confusion there of like, when we talk about end times, it's like, it's just what Satan is doing. But like, mm-hmm. what is, what is yeah, yeah. God doing? Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. No, and, I, and just to, even to piggyback off of that, one of those things Again, as we're talking about all this stuff, some of y'all may have had questions about this for a long time. Some of y'all maybe have not talked about or discussed this in your churches or small groups ever. And a lot of the times when you hear things like this, it's easy for the enemy to use these conversations to instill fear in people. And I love, obviously, there's several scriptures where the word addresses fear and how we don't have a spirit of fear. And so we can get excited about some of this stuff because we know how the story ends. Like we know how that we win. We're fighting from victory and not for victory. And we also know that the word says perfect love casts out all fear. And so we know whose side we're on when we're talking about these things. And so this isn't to make people scared and be like, Oh man, the world's about to get crazy. It's like, no, the word says that he's already overcome the world. So we can be of good cheer when we're talking about these things and, and getting ready Um, for these things. I love that you brought that up because it's so easy. It's easier to believe in a pre-tribulation rapture because no one wants to go through a tribulation, Uh, but there's so much hope. Uh, Revelations 3.10 says, I will keep you from the hour of trial. And just like Noah was kept, he wasn't taken. Just like Lot was kept, he wasn't taken up to heaven. There is a preservation of saints through the tribulation. Um, Acts 2.17 says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, all flesh. So there's going to be on. a great move of God in the last days yeah, that we're going to walk in. Mm-hmm. Daniel 11.32 says, in the last days, the people who know their God shall be strong 
and carry out great exploits. That's us. Like we're going to be walking full of power, full of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, That's right. um, doing greater miracles than Jesus, it says. Mm-hmm. So this That's is an crazy. exciting time for believers. It's not a time to be in fear uh, because God is with us. And Revelations 12, 11 tells us how we overcome. It says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony because they did not love their lives to the death. Yeah. No, that's really good. And it's, I mean, again, just thinking there's sometimes conversations surrounding this and I've read social media posts and heard people talk and they're just, their prayer is Jesus, just come quick, come quick, Lord, please just take us from this. Like we're ready to go. Jesus, come hurry. Almost like a hurry up, hurry up, come quick. And I love something that um, PJ said a, a bunch of times and, in sermons and in conversation to our men, when we leave this earth, the only thing that we could take is souls. And so the thought of that being like, I want to be soul rich, not so rich, but soul rich when I leave this earth. And I love um, in John 17 in chapter 15, Jesus is talking and he says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. And so just like Annalie mm-hmm. was talking about Noah, the preservation, yeah. even back with the Israelites and 10 plagues hit in Egypt and there was a preservation there. So even Jesus himself is like, no, I'm not praying that you leave so that all this will be over praying that you're protected and guarded against the evil one. As like we mentioned in previous episodes, as you advance the kingdom with the understanding knowledge and revelation that the gates of hell can't prevail against what the kingdom of God is doing. So if Jesus himself is like, nah, I pray that you wouldn't take him out of this world. (laughs) Then my prayer should reflect that of Jesus's and say, you know what, God, I'm going to occupy like your word says, I'm going to produce fruit in the kingdom and we're going to advance your kingdom and we're going to gather so many souls as we do it. Because I agree, Annalie, there is going to be such an end times revival that is already starting Mm -hmm. all over the world and it's only going to increase as his spirits poured out. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, Going back to what you said with Daniel 11, I mean, if you look at the context of Daniel 11:32, you know, those who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Well, in that context, the verses before and right around there, it's talking about the Antichrist and all that he's going to be doing. And then it talks about those who know their God, like on the earth during the time of the Antichrist. Yeah. That's whenever we have the exploits, the miracles, and the church shines the most. So once again, it's just showing that the church will be here overcoming, yeah. and God doesn't have a retreat mindset. So oh, if the yeah. enemy's pouring out his thing, God's not going to say, well, we're scared, we hide. He's going to have us be offensive. So we just talked about clearly what I believe is that when the rapture takes place in Scripture, which I believe is after the tribulation, some of you out there might be thinking, I still believe it's before But hey, we're all on the same team. Jesus is still Lord. Study it out yourself. And also, we went into Daniel's timeline, and we started a conversation that's going to pick up in part two. Many of you always say, hey, get a part two. We need more. So we're going to give you a part two. And we're going to launch from Daniel's timeline, how we showed it's accurate. But then we're going to go into what is the timeline and what are the order of events that are in the last days when God wraps everything up. We're going to give you details, tomorrow's news today. Oh goodness. You don't so want to miss stuff. that episode. So good. Yeah. Yep. Y'all, can I just say, this This was really good. Like, I this actually <laughs> feels like a Bible study. And yeah. I, I just want to give Jesus a shout out. The testimonies of people digging mm. deeper into the oh, Word yeah. of God because of this podcast mm-hmm. is nothing but God. 
And so we love hearing your testimonies. We had people reach out that in their small groups or their Bible studies, they're actually watching the podcast and then going into discussion. That is amazing. So y'all sharing our content is please like keep doing it, not to glorify us, but to glorify Jesus and the fact that people are falling in love with the word of God. It means so much. So thank y'all for supporting us, following us on this journey. It does mean things when you comment and you like and you share. So please keep doing that. We love hearing the dialogue on our comments. And so we're just super appreciative. And man, again, if you think differently, if you're watching this, listening to this and saying, man, I don't know about this or I don't know about that. Jesus is still Lord. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, we're on the same team. Yeah. And it isn't something that we need to be divisive over as a body. And so Jesus is king. We agree on that. Jesus is Lord. We agree on that. And so, yeah, we're on the same team and we're excited to see what happens next. And we're going to be doing some exclusive stuff. Ooh. We hear all of the... The suggestions, yeah. we're reading the comments like, we need a part two. We need, need more. more frequent episodes. Going deeper. Part we need 400. to go deeper. Listen, um, this isn't any of our like full-time gig. <laughs> we're, not, yeah. we're not in here. We have to set all of this up every time <laughs> we do this. But we see how it's blessing everybody. We see how people are learning, like mm-hmm. Tracy said, digging into the word. And so we are setting up something so that y'all can get more exclusive content more regularly. And we're excited to share that with you guys and how you can be a part of this exclusive membership, if you would. Um, We're going to be starting a Patreon. We're going to be dropping exclusive clips to that, part twos of things. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to get there. We'll be able to have deeper conversations, discussions, Bible. Answer questions. All the things. And so, man... Look out for that information. We'll have that for you. And we want y'all to be a part of this journey. We want to do this more frequently and be able to do this more frequently. And we're excited. So So excited. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So good. See y'all next time. See y'all next time. time. That's it. (laughs) Faith and friction.